So today we've got Susie Bover from Care Connects. Susie has 30 years of teaching experience in disabilities, specialising in the area of autism. She's worked across the various education sectors, Catholic, private, public and alternative units in both primary and secondary schools. Uh, she's here today to share her knowledge so you can advocate for your child and support them in having successful and positive school experience. Uh, welcome, Sis. Hi. How are you, Michelle? Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, so just today, I want to talk a little bit about helping parents support their kids and having a good, good experience at school. So in your role in Care Connects, what have you seen as the areas that parents need help with and how do you help them help their children? I think... Often parents that come to me are parents that are frustrated with the system because they feel they can see their kids struggling with school and they aren't happy or they're starting to show signs of school refusal. So school refusal, that's that's something. So what, what does that look like? Just kids refusing to get out of bed or getting to the school gate? How does that play out? Often it comes from a result of anxiety and not feeling success at school so they have problems getting their child into the school because they're not having a positive experience they know they're not coping yeah and they know they're not up there with their peers so they don't want to look inferior to their peers okay and the anxiety can then get to a point that they find to jump that hurdle just to get out of bed and go and face school is too much. And that's what the parents yeah. are trying to cope with. Yeah, some of those okay. parents are coping with that or they're in really concerned that they might end up like that because their child's struggling so much at school and feel like they've lost their whole self-confidence and their self-worth because they feel they just can't do what their peers are doing. And that then makes it hard on the parents because parents don't even know how to always deal with that. So, so you would help parents with combating that issue like yeah so I suppose I start off talking to the parents to find out what specialists they have been working with is there a diagnosis already in place and then going through that information and then also give them an opportunity to empower them for what they can advocate for their child at school because We've got to keep in mind a classroom teacher potentially has 30 kids in their class and they might statistically, they say one in four will have some sort of learning problem. So you think a quarter of the class have got learning difficulties or behaviour difficulties and that teacher has to manage getting the curriculum taught, meeting those goals and catering for all those individual kids' needs. So that's where the parents want to really advocate for the child so that they can help the teacher see the needs of the child and going to bat for their own child, making sure they yeah, can support that Yeah, I need. think they become the voice for the child because I think sometimes as a classroom teacher it can be quite overwhelming when you've got all these other factors you've got to take in. And the other thing is a lot of teachers are generally trained in their craft. Yeah. Some do maybe a unit or two of special ed. But I can tell you now, after 30 years, I'm still learning. Mm. So two units at uni on how to cater for all the special needs that you might come across in your life in a classroom isn't it's enough. not going to cut it. And that's no. so good that you're coming from the teacher's perspective and I'm coming from the parent's perspective to hear that and that me advocating for my child and coming and saying, 
what's happening at home and and having that open conversation with you would be helpful for you as a teacher and for the child, my child, and for me as a parent. Absolutely. Using that communication, having open communication, because home does impact on school and school does impact on home, especially in the area of autism. A lot of our kids mask really well and they look like they're coping and then they come home and that's where the whole meltdown happens and it all falls apart because they've had to keep that all inside because they don't want to look different. Yeah. And they're trying to work out not just if they're coping educationally, socially. Kids on the spectrum work really hard to fit into the neurotypical expectations of society. So... It takes a lot. It takes a toll on them. Yeah. And they get home where they're, where they're comfy and they're safe. They'll just let it all yeah. out. Home says yeah. safe spot. Mum, dad, their siblings, they know they've yeah. got the unconditional love. So, so they can let Yeah, they can let it go. And they might say horrible things, but they know it's not that they're actually hating their parents, but they're lashing out for all that. All the things that they've kept in yeah, the day. they've had to bottle up. I'm sure that's so common. Like that was very common with us with yes. Josh years ago. It's still common. I'm sure it's one of those things that you know parents don't know what to how to deal with it. Yeah. So how how would you? So you're saying so have an open conversation with the teachers. What else can parents ask for that would help the child at school? Like because it is hard going. My child needs this. I think this. I think this. When you know there are like I said 25 other kids there. What are some of the things that parents can advocate for that teachers would be able to provide? Um, in, in any of the school systems, yeah. any of the school places. Well, systems. as part of New South Wales education, NESA, the, the expectation if a child has a disability will probably have what we call an individual education plan or an IP, individual yeah. plan, yeah. where the teacher creates that in consultation with the parents. The parents can actually bring their specialists, like their OT, speechy, because these people are looking at all different aspects yeah, of yeah. how to get the best outcome for the okay. individual. So having an IP is a great place to start. It's a great place as a point of communication. And you letting the teacher actually understand your child's hidden needs. Because yeah. this is the thing with autism. Kids... They don't have a broken leg. They're not in a wheelchair. They're not missing an arm. They call it a hidden because on the surface you forget that there's a disability until they have that meltdown or until there is that aggressive outburst. Yeah, and that's when it comes out of their frustration or their refusal to even engage. And you know what is hard as well, though, because it's a valid point, you can forget it, and when the parents need to bring it up to the teacher or to even the special needs coordinator, whoever it is, but even as a parent, it is very hard to say, my child has this, because you don't, it feels like you're someone's throwing your kid under the bus. Oh, when they get home, this happens, or in the morning, this happens, because nobody wants to essentially bag out their own child, but that's what you need to do. You need to sit there and say how bad things are or what is going on, and that sometimes is just hard. Like, it's actually hurtful to go... My son kicks and screams when he gets in the car in the afternoon because of this, or my my daughter does this. So it's actually, even though the conversation is good to have, 
I'm sure I'm probably not the only parent that just struggled to say these are the issues we're having. So I think that open communication is key. And if we know that teachers actually want to hear that or they need to, it's important, then we can sort of advocate better for a child if we do, if we're prepared to say those things or to have an honest conversation without fear, I guess, that the child will be looked upon badly or that they're gonna it's gonna be a problem or they're gonna be put in some sort of box or yeah. you know, that's well I think the thing. other great thing about advocating for your child, you're also educating people in your path that your child comes into contact with. Yeah. About autism. Autism doesn't fit in a perfect little box. Yeah, it Each child with autism will have different needs. Yeah. They'll have different sensory needs, they will have different educational needs, the way they're wired to how they learn best will how they vary. Display their, their, how they display their issues. Absolutely. When they're frustrated, how they express that, what their meltdown looks like can be very different. Some kids yeah. can be runners. They won't say anything, but they, they're go. gone. Yes. They're a runner where yeah. other kids yeah. will physically take it out in the immediate environment. Or another kid could be frustrated at the time or something's happened and they actually react the day after yeah. because of Delayed. something that happened yesterday. Once they're processed and comprehended, yes. then it comes out there. Exactly. That delay processing. So we can't just yeah. say there's one size fits all if someone's on the spectrum yeah well i remember because i remember every kid is individual didn't react at school his behavior was wonderful he wouldn't get angry at school but he'd get to the car park and and just let loose or there was even an occasion where he would he had bang a pole at school because he's so frustrated but it was just it was very internalized until he was in a bit of a safe place with us yeah. but for others he was just the good boy that sat there but didn't do work when he couldn't understand it yeah. just didn't do anything as opposed to yeah get up and walking out or or having things so they are very different and we had to then approach it differently how we because we could see the need and the teacher just sort of maybe wasn't doing his work but it wasn't yeah. so expressive so they could just look and go right there's something going on it was no uh, because if the teacher doesn't see the whole picture they just yeah. see that bit yeah so yeah. they might form a judgment based on that the amount of times i've heard that kids oh they just refuse they don't want to do work yeah. But the thing is, you really need to scratch beneath the surface and see what is driving that behaviour. Yes, it is, isn't right? it? Is it a function that they are trying to get out of or something that they just can't deal yeah. with? And we had that situation once where, where Josh wasn't doing his work and he came home and said to us that he his brain wouldn't let him write more than one line because there was a bird chirping outside and the ceiling fan was on in the classroom and that alone just made him, he couldn't think anymore. But to someone else it could have been he refused to do his work, but for him it was just too much. Having the bird, the ceiling fan and thinking about writing was just overwhelming for him. So yeah. it was just the but taking the time to try and understand why he wasn't doing it. And then for other kids it's that, the what might appear as procrastination is just the inability to know where to start. Yeah, you know, they don't have that processing and sequencing ability. Yeah. So the whole task just looks way... Way too much. Too much, too overwhelming, even though you might think, but he can write a story, he knows how yeah. to write a sentence. But it might be that starting point, he just to start there. Where to start. Or even if it's yeah. go get your pens, get your books, sit down, open your thing and do this. It's yeah. like, um, 
Okay, I'm not sure. Yes, that exactly. They remember the last instruction yes. and I forgot the other four things. So they're things. sitting there quietly. Yeah, they're the sitting there. Some will scan and they'll look at their mates and sort of pick up pick on up. those cues. Others will just go, whoa, too much, shut, shut down. down. Yeah, of course. Okay. So so that's the really big thing where the parents and teachers need to have the open communication. Yeah. And the IEP, like you said, so there's – there's because IEP includes – I know with ours, it was included some steps and what they, like, what do we want to, f not fix, what did we want to work on that term and then what are a few ways to do that and then some outcomes when we can see that that's now been done. So I don't know if that's the same sort of for everyone, but that was yeah. what our plan sort of covered. IOPs are generally, or IOPs are generally about setting some goals so you can see that you are moving towards yep. helping them with the change, whether it's to help them in their reading, help them in their engagement, social, in their social interaction, even help them regulating their own emotions yep. and yep. behaviour, regulating their own environment. Because ideally, you can't go out into the world as an adult and think everyone's going to change the environment. Yes. So... I believe the ultimate goal is that someone with autism understands what their needs are. So they know what their triggers are. So they can scan an environment and make their own judgments. Yeah. Okay, so if I spend too well. long in there, that's going to do my head in. Yeah. Or, okay, I can go and do that for 10 minutes and then I'll need to go and take a break. And then I'll come back to it. Yeah. And that's how I cope with that environment, which I find very distracting or overwhelming. So they can advocate for themselves, regulate yeah. themselves. And even as adults, we that's sort of tend to do that. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Which we're, um, because there is this thing about the world needs to change. It's like when you know that so many kids have ADHD, autism, any of the diagnosis, they're so different. You, the world can't change for all of them. We can be more kind and more understanding, try, try and you know, seek to understand, but we can't just go, the whole world has to change for kids with autism because it would be changing every day for all different people. But if we can help our kids, and that was always our thing was helping our child be their best in the world so we know they stood the best chance yeah. of he stood the best chance of understanding people, being social, volunteering the community, whatever he wants to do career-wise, like give him the best opportunity regardless of his circumstances as opposed to hoping everything was just going to be dandy when he went to the world. Yeah, because so, it won't be perfect. It's not perfect for anyone. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's why people change jobs or move from one place to another. They go to a place, they either like the dynamics or they don't, and they move they on. Change or the conditions of, you know. So it's helping the kids have that best chance to do that. And your speciality is in that schooling environment. What can be done? Because it's that's very formulative years, and it's a lot, a lot of years. Yeah. So to have the help them have a good experience rather than just get through each day, get through, get through, which is what it is. Since we get through, it's helped them thrive essentially in, in at their best level not compared to everyone else but just their best yeah to their best to set their goals to where they want to get and it's we talk about just schooling but it's never just school by itself home by itself yeah. community by itself yeah i mean ideally we want to look across the whole so, so you know skills we learn school is a practice for, for out in the community school is a practice for our future jobs school is a practice place That's it's so meant true. to be a safe place where we learn to then go out and as we've adults. got people to help us on that journey of learning such as teachers 
Prince special aids, parents, exactly, friends, and all our allied health professionals. Yeah, which a lot of parents and most schools are very open to getting the occupational therapist in to do a session. Okay. Because then that way, if they're in the school, there's that link and communication. The more we all talk to each other and have an yeah, connected, that. holistic that approach, yeah. I believe the more successful the outcomes will be. Okay, and parents can ask for that. In the school environment, they can ask for OT support or they can bring an yeah, OT. they can ask. It's up... Ultimately, it's up to the school. individual school and their policy. And with COVID, there's a lot of different restrictions yeah, yeah. that come and go with what's happening. But you can ask. You can ask. Some kids I've worked with don't want outsiders coming in because they don't want to look different to their peers and they'd rather do their OT, speech, and that's psychology the child, outside. isn't it? It's that like helping them. Yeah. That's what's make, make them comfortable and feel, then, then that sort of needs to be honoured. I think there's yes. this thing of you have to do this, you have to do this for the child, but it's like supporting them in the environment that's going to help them best means sometimes separating that and sometimes bringing it in and it's really working yeah. with your own child to sort of see what... Yeah, and I think it's about just educating everyone who's interacting with your child what your child needs. Yeah. So the IEP or the IP is a great place to start. Okay, so a parent should, if they don't have one of those, that should be on things they can speak to the teacher or the principal, deputy principal, someone about. Yeah, you need to okay. have goals, you need to have a plan. So you're all on the same, same page. page. And then the child can also see. You've seen it there. You look, we, this is a golf room. You've now yeah. done that. That's really cool. Exactly. That's really great. And I think for schools it's really important to be able to give that to parents so the parents can actually see that their child is, is achieving. Yeah, because moving forward. Yeah, because a lot of parents in the daily grind of dealing with Agree. the meltdowns and everything sometimes don't feel like change is happening. So yeah. having those goals and markers can helps. show you. And then yeah. you can, look back and you on can them. support the parents in believing in themselves and... And show that it's, it's a win-win. If everyone works together, it becomes a win-win and the child's got the best outcome. I agree. And then you can show them and you can look back on it. And so what and so that's the thing, you can show you can speak to the teachers and say what you think they need, what would be helpful. Obviously you can't demand the teacher do everything because then they've got 30 kids and a quarter of them have the special needs. The teacher can't do that. So what what is it that you the school need to provide or, or you know, it's like are required to provide so sort of adjustments or changes or from the disability discrimination act there is legislation that's called the disability standards for education 2005 that's and you can google that okay that's across australia okay and in that actually says that every child has a right to have the adjustments to help them access the curriculum and to have learning right okay okay yeah so it is the responsibility of the school to put adjustments in to help that child access the curriculum okay. whether you access need to bring the level down or yeah. let's remember just because a child has a disability doesn't mean they can't be gifted and talented as well yeah yeah and sometimes that gets missed too they don't get extended where their gifts are even though maybe their literacy or their spelling's not great. 
but they can remember fantastic details and they have a passion for history or science. So because we're so busy focusing on the deficits, we're not looking at the strengths and going, yeah. so we're so busy this, like, hang on a second, but did you see that you yeah. know, your daughter can So celebrate this, so. their strengths. Yeah, and focus on those even, it can help. If you can yeah. focus on those, then that gives the child their self-worth and then it gives the them the confidence that, okay, I'm not crash hot in this area of reading or spelling. So, okay, I'm going to get a learning support teacher to help me with this. Yeah. Or parents choose to have tutors yeah. that will help them. Or sometimes even acknowledging, like if you have that strengths-based approach, you know what, you're not fabulous here, you don't enjoy it, we struggle, but you're really good here, maybe we just can accept that, you know, you're just not going to be X in that area and that's okay. Like we're not yeah. all best at maths and English and history and science and things around the home and things family. Like we have areas we just don't love and not going to thrive in it's okay to go let's not really worry too much about that if it's not detrimental to their well-being or to their education and then focus on this because you're amazing at that and I think if there's a bit more of that and parents are aware that's okay to go this area is going to be a bit of a battle so we won't worry too much we'll just do our best but yeah. we won't spend you know extra two hours every single day concentrating on when we can actually help you thrive more in this area and just keep that area that you know like do your best and that's okay yeah and this other area we can concentrate on then maybe build them up that area up which then might go and lead into other areas anyway well it's shown that if you work on someone's strengths yeah. it helps bring up i'm a big fan of that strength based sort of thing yeah. focusing on the good and the, and that is the that is the big push in psychology and counseling yeah. today and i think we're teaching Yes, we're always, with NAPLAN and everything, we're also, we're always looking where the problems are. And yes, yeah. we do need to know yeah, of course. where the deficits are. We need to have a baseline yeah, so we gaps. can see what has to be filled in. We do yeah. need that, but I think sometimes we get a bit too bogged down with what we can't do. Yeah. Um, yeah, because... But we... of course, the three R's, I believe, are really... Important. Really important. And that is lacking in some areas. Yes. Like some people are like, can we just get back to that? Can we get yes. there's so much else in the curriculum now that we get bogged down the not great this, 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 and this, just get back to the basics that's going to yeah. send them through life and help that's them right. in the those, other areas. Those life skills that they can go out, they can fill in a form, they can yes. read a newspaper, you know, they can yep. be a critical thinker that they don't believe everything they see yep. on YouTube yes. or Twitter or Instagram or, or anywhere, yeah. anywhere, even someone speaking Absolutely. to them TikTok. or anything. Yeah. Yep. To have some understanding that not everything's 100% true, which yep. is another battle that you will have with some children with autism because they take everything so literally. Yes. And yes. That critical thinking is so important as that opening up their mind to different yeah. ways. And that's when you that I think also comes back to helping focusing on their strengths because then they get that confidence to be able to try something new or think about this as opposed to oh no, I have to just stay in my little thing because that's my comfort zone. It is that thinking. Oh that's a big thing, yeah. Thing. It is encouraging them to move out of that out beyond it. Even as adults it's hard yeah, for kids absolutely. that just know they already aren't doing so well here to try something different can be really really yeah. hard so i think that's and that's where the school environment can be really nurturing or it can be it can really break them if Absolutely. you know it's, and that's where the parents have to be aware and you know push a bit beyond the boundary i think but not so much that yeah. it, it traumatizes them like it's a, it yeah. is a balance but again if you have that relationship with the school and the school's on board and you know there's great friends around or there's a few things like that's part of that nurturing environment that yeah. is so important and use your allied health professionals to help you get yep 
that whole balance it's that holistic sort of yeah. look at them which does come into school because it's very easy to go that's school that's home that's this but if you look at the amount of hours six hours a day you know for 13 years sort of essentially mm. if they go through year 12 there's a lot of time there that can be used to help grow them support them nurture them and Absolutely. bring them out like you're saying to have a successful school experience yeah. not just a oh thank god it's over you know yeah. or thank god the day's over well the thing is over. with social media all the lines are blurred. Yeah, it you is. know, school doesn't just stop when you walk out the gate. Yes, yes, that's you know, very true. Actually, there's stuff that flows over into home, community, peer relationships. Yeah. You know, it if does. you're struggling with peer relationships at school, that can flow over. It does. Into home, a very big thing and as then well. how your behaviour impacts back on the family at home because you're not coping yeah infects the symptoms affects yeah. there's so many other areas we could <laughs> we could oh, there are so them. many dimensions there are i know absolutely but it's, yeah, it's not just time so we've covered the ieps thank you for yes. that um they're having the good communications with the school and like yeah. it's very and let them know be upfront and honest, be honest what your child's needs are which is so important and the the what was that act called the disability the, Standards for Education, okay, 2005. Right. You can okay. Google it easily okay. and there's fact sheets. There's plenty of information okay, on so it. That's, that if you feel you need to be um, more empowered and knowledge when you go to front school. So it's having that back that you know you have the right yeah, to ask that. To give you that confidence yep. of knowing what you can look for. You can go okay. onto the NESA site and you can find okay. out what adjustments can be put in place. Good. Do good. your research before you go into school so you feel confident for yeah. what you can ask for. And what they're likely to be able to help you yeah. with as opposed to, and then you don't get a whole lot of no's, we can't do that, we can't do that. Yeah. And then you both sort of know, which is yeah. really, again... And that's where the negotiation comes in of what they can and how they can and how it'll work. Excellent. Excellent. That's been great. Thanks, Susie. Okay. I appreciate that. I'm sure that'll be a great help to some of the parents and might touch on some of the other the other subjects another time. That's okay. all right.